Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Come on, give Pastor Don a hand. Come on, leading so strong. Now, can somebody give God praise? Come on, all over this room. Amazing. If you're watching online, amazing. Hey, can we do something? Can you stand to your feet? If you, uh, I know some of y'all already got all nestled in and you were like, we stood for 30 minutes. We didn't do this in the Methodist church. Take it easy. All right. Will you lift up your hands towards heaven as a sign of surrender? God, meet us where we're at. Your presence is already here. Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20 says, if just two or three of us gather in your name, there's a lot more than that that are here for you. It said that you would be in the midst of us. God, outside of your presence, this is just a karaoke Sunday. But with your presence in the room, marriages can be restored. With your presence in the room, diagnoses can reverse. With your presence in the room, addictions can break off. God, as we shift our focus and our attention towards worship, we turn our worry into worship, it'll turn our battle into a breakthrough. God, I thank you today that we recognize that our praise is a weapon, that we recognize that there is hope. If there's any area of our lives that feel like it's hopeless, it's been under the influence of a lie because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And God, I pray today that you would walk up and down these aisles, move like only you can move, throw your weight around the room, flex, and do what only a big God can do. God, I thank you that the name of Jesus will always be bigger than the name of cancer, that the name of Jesus will always be bigger than the name of COVID and broken marriages and congestive heart issues and struggles and strongholds. God, let somebody today, whether they're in the room or watching online, recognize there's enough mercy for every mistake. There's enough grace for every goof up. And here's the reality. You've been better than good to us. Come on, if he's been better than good, can you give him a shout of praise? Come on, come on. All right, give somebody near you a high five. If you're not comfortable, just give them a nod. Say hello. All right, welcome. Welcome to Tree of Life. Thank you so much. Man, I'm fired up to be back here. I, uh, I've been coming for quite a few years. I think I had hair the first time I came. <laughs> God has a sense of humor, you know, and you hear those scriptures like, the Lord gives and takes away. He took my hair to keep me humble. But then he gave me this great beard. So I don't know. I'm like, Lord, you have a sense of humor. Can we honor pastors Don and Jessamy Duncan for leading so strong? I love y'all, your family. I might be like a weird cousin or a much younger, younger, younger brother to just to me. Now we, we love, I love coming here. And, uh, we just, right when they picked me up last night for dinner, uh, Jessamy was already so punchy. And I'm like, this is, we're covenant. Like we're family now. And, uh, I might be like a weird cousin that shows up every once in a while, but I love tree of life church. I love what God has started here, what he's faithful to complete here. And here's the reality. There's a reason why our windshield is bigger than our rear view mirror because God is far more interested in our future than our past. And the best days for us as a church, for you as a family is not behind you. Come on, somebody. The rest of your days are the best of your days. And I believe your next is God's best. So if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, if you're brand new, maybe to tree, or maybe I haven't been here since you started coming. Uh, my name is Daniel Groves and, uh, and I travel about 50% of my schedule on the month. I travel all over and 
minister in different churches and God has unlocked an evangelism, uh, evangelistic sort of uh, worship approach to what we do. And I've been on the road pretty much full time since 2005, which is wild. But we base out of an amazing church in Houston called Hope City Church, where I serve as the teaching pastor. And uh, God has been doing some amazing things in Houston, Texas. Uh, We've seen over 42,000 people commit their lives to Jesus in six years, which is phenomenal. That's incredible. And like your church, we have a heart for outreach, but I was fired up when the tree news was on that over a million pounds of food, like y'all get to be a part of revival. Y'all realize you're in the middle of heaven touching earth in New Braunfels, Texas. Come on, somebody should shout. That's a big deal. So before we jump in, let me, my, my family's actually watching online and uh, I want to, I want to do an updated pick of my crew. I think we have it. Uh, there's my squad. Give them a hand. They're amazing. And, and so I've got four kids and a plus one. The plus one is a golden doodle. And uh, Brecken is to the left of my wife and he looks like a surfer, but he just had to cut his hair because his school made him and he's pretty sad about it. Let's keep moving. Uh, Finley is over here is 10. Daphne is four. And then my mini me is two years old. His name's Fox. And he is like, why are you taking my picture? And then I, everybody in the room is thinking I married so far out of my league. Like it's shocking. Like when we first got married, a mall security guard was profiling me and following me around. This is a true story. And he walked up to my wife and was like, excuse me, ma'am, is that guy bothering you? She was like, who? And she, he's like, that guy. She's like, that's my husband. You could tell he's like, I've been, tra- I've been trained for this. Blink twice if you're in trouble. So I married so far out of my league. And I'm like, I tell people all the time, like I convinced her. I was like, she married me because she thought I had money. And she's like, that makes me look bad. And I'm like, well, but. Did you think I had money? Okay. Anyways, give my family a hand. They're watching right now. I love y'all. So amazing. And my parents are actually watching as well. Can you give my parents a hand as well? Because y'all, if you know, if you know anything about me or you knew my story, like it's a miracle that I even made it. I was almost aborted twice. Uh, my dad wanted my mom to, to give me up because I was technically an accident in the natural and it's amazing what, what God will do when he gets in the way of someone's storm. Romans 2 verse 4 says it's the goodness and love of God that will draw a man's heart to a place of freedom and repentance. My dad didn't find religion. That's a waste of time. He found a relationship with a Savior who wasn't mad at him, but madly in love with him. And so to even have my parents watching, for me to be preaching the good news in my canary yellow sweatshirt, come on, guys, is an absolute miracle that God is and still has been and always will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know who that's for, but maybe you have a loved one or a spouse, a daughter or a son who's maybe gotten caught up in the prodigal life or they're not currently serving the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is hope because if Jesus gets in the way of a storm, everything can change. Come on, y'all believe that today? Y'all are interactive, I like it. So today I wanna talk about the subject of peace. And here's the reality. All of us have moments of peace, a vacation. Feel like you can get a little bit of peace. It typically takes about day four and then you leave on day five, but you find a little peace. Like a a promotion at work might give you a little bit more financial stability, a little bit of peace. Maybe you've been going through Dave Ramsey's payoff program. That's a Nacho Libre joke. Like Ram, anybody? No, okay, great. Maybe you found a little bit of peace because that credit card debt is getting lower. There's flickering, short-lived, fleeting, 
quick moments of peace that we in our humanity can create. But I want to talk about something that's different than flickering, short-lived, fleeting moments of peace. I want to talk about a different kind of peace, a peace that comes from Jesus that's a gift, not just something that comes and goes, but a gift that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Two verses I want to reference, though, at the start is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. If you're taking down notes, which real quick, Harvard did a study, Harvard Community College, so not quite not quite Harvard. It might be like Harvard truck driving school. I don't know, but they did a study. They did a study that said if you're a hearer only, you'll literally retain 5% of what you hear. So the only thing you're going to remember is I'm married out of my league in canary yellow sweatshirt. That's it. But if you take down notes, your retention rate goes up to 35% in real time. That's pretty substantial. If you take down notes and go back and apply the notes, 90 to 95% retention rate. Look at the person next to you and say, never stop growing. Come on. Look at your second choice and stay, stay a learner. Look at them and say, stay, stay a learner. Come on, you got to keep on learning. Borrow someone's eyeliner. Elbow somebody. Say, I need something to write down notes. If you have an iPhone, write it in there. If you have a, a droid, just put it on the floor and kick it under your seat. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. If you, listen, the real pastor will be back next week. This is as good as it gets. It's not going to get any better than this. Okay, but take this reference down. If you're taking down notes, 1 Peter 2 verse nine and 10, I first want you to know who you are and whose you are. Because in order to unlock sustained peace in your life, you gotta know who you are and whose you are. And this is what the Bible says. It says, but you are the ones chosen by God. Man, just just grab that, own that. As a daughter, as a son, say, I'm chosen. You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Now, pause, you don't ever have to have a mic you never have to have a sermon prepared. You don't have to be like Cody and the team and lead worship. You have an assignment, a purpose, and a call on your life. In the lane you're called to be in, the sphere of influence that God has empowered and entrusted you with. So ministry marketplace, salt and light is every one of us. Matthew five thirteen. when you give your life to Jesus, Colossians three seventeen says everything you do and say, you do it as a representative of Jesus. Why? Because you're chosen by God. Chosen for a high calling, a priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. Now this is where it gets good. God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him. Goes on, it says, to tell others the night and day difference that he's made in you. Wave at me if you never should have made it. Come on. Uh, Like, awesome, there's 11 of you. We're gonna do an altar call for liars at the end. No, no, come on, wave at me if you never should have made it. Like, you know, night and day difference that he's made in your life. And then it goes on and says, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. That's my story. So when we sing that song, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Revelation 12, 11 says, the blood of the Lamb is the word of your testimony. I tell people all the time the night and day difference he made in my life. I tell people all the time that I went from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Because in my family, I should have ended up a hustler, a drug dealer, a drug addict. In my family, when you're married, you have two or three girlfriends on the side. Now, I married a country girl. Don't She looks sweet and dainty, but she'll, she'll, you know, she'll 
fight you in the Walmart parking lot. Like, she'll cut, she'll cut you quick. Like, it's real. And now that we're in Texas, it's a whole nother level. Like, she's, she's from right outside of Houston and she's country. But the reality is I share and shout from the rooftop all the time because I have recognized I'm chosen by God. Come on, say it again. I'm chosen by God. And the pastor Don mentioned it earlier. If you have something else on your calendar, if you have something else to do, I, I, wanna, I want to just encourage you, shift your plans and be in the room tonight because I'm telling you, there is going to be healing and breakthrough and restoration and deliverance. And some of y'all are gonna show up and mess around and walk out with your miracle. So I encourage you to be in the room tonight. But this is what the Bible says, Philippians 4, verse six and seven. It says, don't fret or worry. But instead of worrying, pray and let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. I don't know what your story is and where you're at, but I know sometimes I just need to settle down. And I know that's what tonight will be. I believe there will be a fresh wind in the room that will settle you down. Look at the person next to you and say, settle down. Come on, let them know. Say, settle down. It says, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. There was a season in my life where I treated the presence of God like a, like a painkiller, almost like an ibuprofen for a headache. I almost treated his presence in prayer and relationship like the glass box on the wall that said, break in case of emergency. And if you want to unlock real peace in your life, first, you have to know that you're chosen. You have to have a foundation of knowing who you are and whose you are. Second, it's, it's found in his presence. I, I realize that he's not a painkiller God, but he wants to heal my entire life. He wants to unlock Nehemiah 810 joy of the Lord that becomes my strength. There's so many people that are just on cruise control in life. There's so many people that are just surviving life. God never called you to just survive life. John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You're like, that's pretty encouraging. Thank you. No, the second half says, but my God, say my God, came to give me life and life more abundantly. It's so much bigger and so much deeper than just breaking case of emergency. So we're going to talk about peace. So you know that you're chosen. You're not undervalued, overlooked. You're not disqualified. You're not fragile or damaged goods. No, no, no. He calls you by name and he shaped and molded you into his image. And he's faithful to complete the work that he started in you. Come on, fearfully and wonderfully made. Knit together in your mother's womb. You're not here on accident, but God has an incredible purpose for your life. So let's talk about peace for a moment. All of us have experienced those brief, flickering, fleeting, short-lived moments of peace. I was reading this story. Uh, so I've got four kids, you know, 12, 10, four and two. And my wife, man, she is my hero. She, I'm telling you, there is nothing, um, there's nothing harder and, and probably the most thankless job on the planet than being a mama. Can we give all the moms a hand? Come on. I mean, seriously. It's the hardest job. She'll be like, I need to get away for 90 minutes. I'm like, what? You taking any of them with you? She's like, nope. And you have to make them food. I'm like, what? 
You're not even taking the littles. It's hard, and there's a grace on you mamas, so incredible. Anyways, I read this story about this dad who came home. They had three kids, and it was madness in the house. And so he walked in, and he could tell his wife was like at 10. And he was like, hey, are you okay? She's like, am I okay? Am I okay? I haven't washed my face. I went to the bathroom at 8.30 a.m. It's 4. And if I wanted to go to the bathroom, there's three kids in the bathroom with me. Like, where's all the moms come away at me? Like, you get it. And he was like, whoa, I didn't realize it was such a loaded question. And he's like, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm going to step in, okay? I'm going to step in. Good job, dad. I'm going to step in. And tonight, I'm, this is a night of decompressing. It's a stress-free night for you. I'm going to make pizza, which is just frozen pizzas. She was like, can you take the plastic off though? Because the last time you almost burnt the house down. He's like, I got it. I got it. I learned from my mistakes. I'm going to grow through what I go through. So he was like, I'll make them pizza. I'll take care of everything. You head to the bathroom. I'm going to run you a bubble bath. Come on, somebody. He's like, I'm going to get it all set up. And, and it's a night of just, just relaxation and peace. And she said she could feel it. Like she walked to the, to the bedroom in the bathroom. She said, Maya, thank you. I could, I could breathe. I feel like I can, I feel like I can breathe. So he goes out, he unwraps pizza, gets him in the oven. He sets up all disposable, you know, plates and cups because I'm like doing dishes. This is crazy. So if I could just clean it up quick. And he yelled for the kids, kids, pizza will be ready in a few minutes. And then he turned on the football game. I heard somebody say, uh-oh, yeah. He got super distracted, like a moth to a flame. He just got locked in. So he's like, kids, come on, pizza's coming. And then he paused and he went over, got the pizza, put it on the table. And he just, he just all the way in, he was in there. And, and, and then eventually he looked and the pizza was gone and everything was gone off the table. He's like, what is she complaining about? They ate the pizza. They cleaned up after themselves. They put themselves into bed. Like this is the easiest job on the planet. Like I work hard. I don't know what she's so stressed about. And she yelled his name and he went in like, hey, are you having a good time? And all the kids, fully dressed, eating pizza, were in the bubble bath. <laughs> and she's off to the side like, and then he's like, I didn't know you wanted all of us to be in here eating with you. Dads, we can do way better than that, like way better. But she said this, and this is kind of what provoked this moment for me. She said, I had a moment that was a short-lived flickering, fleeting moment of peace. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I have a lot of those. Because John 16, the enemy is going to bring storms and trials. Jesus himself, red letters said, in this life, you're gonna have trials and sorrows of many kind. But take heart, that means be of good courage because I've overcome the world. Literally, he's saying, I've already conquered all of this. You're gonna go through some things. How many of y'all have gone through some stuff? Come on. Guy in the back has two hands and a foot lifted. He's like, no, no, we all, go through, we all go through things, right? But take heart. The reality is, though, that if we ride the emotional roller coaster of storms, we're going to have flickering, short-lived, fleeting moments of peace. Back here on the keyboard, whenever a keyboard is being played, if a note is pushed without this pedal down here on the floor, it's called a staccato note. So it just goes boom. Now this room echoes and there's reverberation and there's a delay, but it's a quick, fleeting, short-lived boom. It's not inspiring. Like Cody didn't get up here and say, come on tree, let's worship the Lord. That's a pretty good imitation. 
That's not bad. Hey, everybody, are you guys excited? That's what he said. I'm getting a little bit better. Hey, Tree, I'm so fired up that you're here. That's good. I'm getting better as, it, as it's going on. It's getting better. Oh, man, I love that. But he doesn't say, let's worship, and then the team just goes, boom. It's not moving. It's not inspirational. Nobody's like, oh, God, I love you, off of one flickering, short-lived staccato. Boom. But when the pedal is pushed, it's called a sustain pedal. And when that pedal is pushed, it sustains the note, or it sustains the chord, and it's boom. And it carries out and reverberates in the room. And you can literally feel a shift in the atmosphere. Here's the reality. God never intended for us to live these brief moments of peace. If you're taking down notes, write this down. God intended for us to live a life of sustained peace. Through valley moments and mountaintop winds, there should be a thread of peace, a sustained peace that runs through every area of your life, whether it's through a diagnosis, whether it's through a money crisis, whether it's through a job loss, whether it's through lockdowns and mask mandates, and whether it's through a COVID situation, whatever it is, there should be a thread of peace that runs through that says, through hell and high water, like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who went into the fiery furnace, God, whether you deliver me outside of the furnace or inside of the furnace, I know the fourth man is with me, because there's peace that runs through every fiber and intricacy of my life. God intended for us to live a life of sustained peace. Brief moments of peace will get you through some seasons. Sustained peace will get you through every season. And this is what the Bible says. This is not my opinion. My opinion was to match my shoes to the sweatshirt. That was my opinion today. And Camry, you, you think it's a good, it was a good fit. Okay, cool. But this is what the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus's words. Now, this is a gift. I want you to think about this like a daddy to a daughter, like a father to a son. I want you to think about when I give my kids a gift, I don't 30 seconds later say, give me that back. No, hand it back to me. I know that was a Lego set. It's mine. No, no, no. Like that's a gift. And this is what Jesus says. He says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is the sustained peace we're talking about. I do not give to you as the world gives. That's that fleeting, flickering, short-lived peace. No, no, no. This is a sustained peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So I'm going to give you three ways to unlock sustained peace in your life. Number one, to live in peace is to walk in faith. Hebrews 11.1 one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's the truth. God might show up in a moment. He might show up in an 11th hour moment. But the truth is the promises of God do not have expiration dates on them. And the promises of God don't break when you lean on them. If he said it, then he's going to come through on it. His promises are yes and amen. And this walk of faith, the importance of knowing that this walk of faith, there's an understanding that comes along with it that this is a journey. And not only do we have to have faith, but to unlock sustained peace in our life, there has to be a trust. And trust is our love response to the one who loves, to the one who loves us. And the truth is, this whole thing is about relationship. This isn't about do's and don'ts and wrongs and rights. This isn't about these 
little moments in his presence, but he wants to and longs to spend time with you. We do a challenge at Hope City called the First 15, and maybe you want to grab this too. We challenge our church every single day to give God the first 15 every morning. Five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in the word. And it's amazing how many people come back and say that wasn't long enough. 15 minutes wasn't a long, it wasn't long enough. I ended up making it 30 and then 45 and an hour. I get up early. I, I, I personally like 5 a.m. Some of y'all are like, the Lord's even awake at that time? Uh, and then others, you're up even earlier than that. But 5 a.m. I get up because before my phone rings, dings, and pings, and if you have a bedazzle case, blings. That's a terrible joke. Hey, everybody, it's Cody. Okay, sorry. What just happened? Why did I go there again? There's no reason for that. But for me to spend time in his presence, I need the noise of life to be quieter because relationship is everything. And you don't have to be weird about it. You don't have to be awkward about it. God will meet you where you're at. That's why when I read a verse like Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, that says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It's an amazing verse, but you know, the translation or the revelation from that verse can mean something different to her, different to him. God will meet you where you're at. So when he says, acknowledge me in all of your ways, maybe there's an area of your life that's a blind spot or an area of your life that you haven't been fully surrendering. His surrender may be different than her surrender, but God will meet you where you're at and unlock that sustained peace in your life. And here's the reality. We're all a work in progress. God's not looking for perfect. He's looking for your heart. And he's not looking for perfect. He's looking for progress. I, I was preaching uh, in Georgia and I, I asked for permission to tell this story um, because it is hilarious. And uh, there's a girl that came and she was on the worship team and she had just gotten saved maybe two, three weeks before, um, and she was on fire. And they had her on the worship team. She hadn't been on the stage yet, but she was like just kind of getting engrafted in the team. And, and she was so excited to pray, so excited, so hungry. And honestly, it reminded me of my why. My why, I started falling in love with Jesus. My why behind getting my yes out of the way and getting in the way of people's storms every day and pointing them to Jesus. There was so much hunger and passion and compassion in her life. I'm like, man, I want that again. And so nobody was praying over the food and the queso had already come and the chips. And I'm like, you know, you only have a small window to eat queso before that yellow number six and the formaldehyde and super glue start getting so hard. And they'll take it back and heat it up and you can eat it again, absolutely. But that queso has a small window. And so it was starting to get a little like, okay, hey, is anybody gonna pray? And she was like, Pastor Daniel, is it okay if I pray? I'm new to the faith, but I'm excited about the things of God. And I'm like, absolutely. And you know, this, like when I pray for food, especially when queso is, is starting to get like firm, like Play-Doh that's left out. My prayer is like, God, I pray right now, Lord, there's nobody in the kitchen that had COVID, God, sickness far from the midst of us and bless it in Jesus' name. Like, it's quick. She was like, Sky Daddy. And I was like, Sky Daddy. And then she went around and prayed for everybody at the table. She's like, God, I pray for Pastor Daniel. As he preaches the word, God anoint him like Paul. But God, not with enticing words of man's wisdom. And she was just praying. And she was like, and Jessica, 
You know what Jessica's been through, Sky Daddy? I'm like, the queso is... Now, I know you laugh, and I know some people are going to DM me, like, you made fun of her prayers. She, we still say Sky Daddy. We're making Sky Daddy merch back home. But here's the thing that I thought was so amazing about it. God, the only way to fail in prayer is to not show up. The only way to fail in relationship and not grow in the things of God is to not show up. This walk of faith is a daily journey. This walk of faith starts with a mustard seed and we all have the same measure of faith. And whether you're super hyper spiritual and pray sky daddy, and you're at the very beginning of your faith or you're a veteran in the faith, we're all in the same spot where we have to trust the Lord. And then we begin to recognize that when we trust the Lord, it releases this burden and this pressure off, off, off of our shoulders and puts the expectation back on God. The pressure is off of us when we realize that we can't fix, restore, perfect ourselves, or even level up. This is God's job. But it's a faith walk. It's a journey. You get in his presence, you take off the masks, because God can't use or fix or heal or restore you. You pretend to be. And when you take this off and say, God, this is me, the one you created, flawed, a little bit broken, but someone who wants to make progress. And as you do this, in this process, God will continue to unlock, sustain peace in your faith walk. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse three, the Lord gives perfect peace. That's that sustained peace to those whose faith is firm. I'm telling you, it's about daily relationship. It's about daily foundation. This building is only as strong as the foundation that it's been built upon. Your marriage, your family, your future, your purpose, your assignment is only as strong as the foundation of relationship and faith that it's been built upon. So number one, if you want to unlock sustained peace in your life, to live in peace is to walk in faith. Number two, if you're taking down notes, to live in peace, this is huge, is to pursue connection. There's a quote that says, if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. And honestly, COVID kind of did that. That whole isolation, stay away, lockdown, I'm better on my own sort of position and posture. The enemy loves that because that's where old habits and hurts begin to flare back up. That's where depression and insecurity begins to flare back up. There's, it's no coincidence the suicide rates and depression and insecurity and panic attacks have been at an all-time high because here's the reality. We're better together. The quote says, if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. But if you want to go somewhere far, go together. If you are not a part of one of the tree groups, you're missing out on connection and relationship. You're missing out on growth in your life because this church is big enough to serve a community, but small enough to know you through tree groups. Wave at me if you're part of a tree group. Come on, wave at me. Amazing. Listen, if you have not connected in this way, there's still time to jump in and be a part of what God is doing. I'm telling you, my wife and I lead a marriage group back home, and uh, there was a girl in our group who said, hey guys, at the end, of one of the groups, she said, I'm gonna be having surgery on Thursday. We're like, whoa, Vanessa, how come we didn't know? And she said, well, I didn't, I didn't wanna be a burden. We said, no way, like, let's pray. So we prayed, and our group of about 20 people rallied in post-op uh, recovery at her home. She showed up to DoorDash cards and gift cards and gift baskets. She showed up and felt loved, and she said, our church is so huge. I thought I would just blend in with the crowd, but the connect group for her made it smaller. 
made her world feel like she was family. If you want to live a life of sustained peace, I'm telling you, a lot of times it's unlocked when you pursue connection. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine through 12, it says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one for the results can be much better. If one falls, then the other pulls him up. But if one man falls when he is alone, he's in trouble. Verse 11, also on a cold night, two under the same blanket gain warmth from each other. Okay, real quick, because I know some of y'all are going to take that out of context and single people will be like, Pastor Daniel said we could cuddle. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the relationship series. We're going to skip 11 today. Verse 12, and one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. But three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Again, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron as one man or woman sharpens another. We need each other. If you want to unlock sustained peace, come on, we're better together. Look at the person next to you and say, you got a friend in me. Come on, let them know. It's a big deal. Mark chapter four, there's this moment where the paraplegic is laying on the mat and we can't back theologically if these men were best friends or just acquaintances or just dudes that were walking by and had a heart of compassion. But here's this paraplegic laying here on the mat. And the one guy says, hey man, uh, Jesus is right around the corner doing a Bible study, He's doing a tree group. He's doing that, that's out of That's out of context. That's in the message translation or the Book of Mormon. I don't know, but right around the corner. No, he says, Jesus is literally around the corner doing a, 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 a Bible study. He's literally, anytime anybody gets near Jesus, they get saved. And the paraplegic laying on this mat says, I can't move. I can't go over there. So each one of these men grab a corner of the mat and they take this brother where Jesus is. They walk up to the front door and they can't get in. They walk over to the back door. They can't get in. They can't get through a window. The place is jam packed. They could have set him down and said, sorry, man, uh, we tried. No, 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 no. They said, Listen, the only way we can get this guy close to Jesus is if we climb on top of the, now I'm from the Midwest, so I say roof. Y'all say roof? Y'all say roof? Okay, so the roof is on fire? Or the roof is, okay, anyways. But in that part of the world, the, the tile, stacked tile ceilings and, and roofs are six to seven inches thick. So again, this wasn't like a dainty, like lower him down and Jesus is in there like, and then the Lord. No, no, literally they're busting. Through. This is some audacious faith. They're breaking through and they lower him where Jesus was. And listen to this. It's the only time in the word Jesus turns and says, it is the faith of your friends. So get up and walk for you have been made whole. The beautiful thing about connection the beautiful thing about life moving at the speed of relationships, the beautiful thing about sustained peace unlocking through connection is if you're weak, you have others that are around you that said, I'll lift your arms. You can be strong. If your faith is depleted, let me give some of my faith. Let me help you in the middle of this valley moment and let me celebrate with you in a win. If you want to unlock sustained peace in your life, you have to do it by pursuing connection Last but not least, bringing this in for a landing, number three, to unlock sustained peace in your life, to live in peace is to look from a different angle. I think one of the, uh, and that's a little obscure, you're like, uh, the first two I completely understood. So let me unpack it. I know during COVID, we got a little bit more like, have you ever watched that show Hoarders? 
how, how many of y'all are hoarders? Let's just be honest. Okay. <laughs> no, you're not going to lift your hand. No, but the truth is, I think in 2020, when we didn't know what was happening, everything was falling apart, uh, we started pulling things a little closer. And here's what ended up happening. We ended up getting in the me, myself, and I trap. God never intended for us to be this self-focused. We got caught up in the comparison trap. President Theodore Roosevelt said the comparison is the thief of joy. You're here and you get caught up in what you don't have or how little things are working out for you or my dreams haven't happened and this hasn't happened and we get caught in the me, myself, and I trap and the reality is you'll get stuck in this rut and a rut is only permanent if you choose to stay there and the only reason that you'll stay there is if you stay stuck here. But I believe God is asking us in this sustained peace that he wants to unlock through our lives is that we're called to look from a different angle. When pastor and the team is talking about over a million pounds of food given away, when we're talking about all the outreach and all the amazing things y'all are doing for the community, it's very difficult to do it when you're stuck here. Well, pastor's asking us to give again because I'm stuck here. They want me to serve two times a month because <laughs> we're stuck here. I have to show up more than one Sunday a month because we're stuck here. But when we start looking from a different angle, I say, I, I see him. I see her. I see them. I can get involved in that. I can serve in that. I can sow towards that. I can lift the burden off of that. When we start looking from a different angle and we start truly being salt in life and recognizing that what fills spills, what ends up happening is sustained peace begins to unlock through your life and in your life when you begin to see others over yourself. I tell my kids this all the time, literally every morning before they go to school. Hey, what are you gonna have? What kind of attitude are you gonna have today? Because again, we're either a thermostat or a thermometer. We can tell the temperature or we can establish the temperature. So what are you gonna do? What kind of attitude are you gonna do? My 10-year-old will jump in and she'll say, I wanna have a there you are, not here in my personality. Let that sink in. That when you walk into a room, it's, hey, there you are. Not, I've arrived. How come no one's grabbing my bag? We should have that sort of different angle approach. Because I'm telling you, so many of us are living in this flickering, short-lived, fleeting moments of peace. And God is saying, there is so much more Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.